Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, I'm Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com where we help busy professionals like you get systems into your work life so that you can decrease the clutter and improve your productivity. So today I am super excited because I have a very special guest, Yasmin Nguyen, who is of the Joyful Living Project. And Yasmin is a documentary filmmaker and is traveling the country with Joyful Joe. So hopefully Joyful Joe is going to make a guest appearance here. He joined us on the beach yesterday. We're in my happy place, Fenwick Island, Delaware, and Yasmin's visiting here. And we are having a blast capturing stories, telling stories, and being joyful. So without further ado, I'm going to let Yasmin introduce himself. Awesome. Thanks so much, Catherine, for the opportunity to be here with you and to be with your audience. And if anything, to be here on this beautiful Fenwick Island. I've never been in Delaware before. And what an incredible way to spend this time, not only here seeing the water being right beside it, but also spending time with you and just exploring joy. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here. As far as like myself, just a little intro, I am currently driving across America and even into Canada as well for the next 18 months to discover, document, and share what joy looks like in our lives. And especially during this time in our country and our world where there's so much stress and negativity and suffering in many ways, I wanted to remind us of all the good that's out there. And I'm excited to meet people along the way and discover adventures and conversations that I will be sharing in the form of a book and eventually a documentary series. But really, it's about spreading and inspiring and reminding us of all the joy that's out there right in front of us. So it's funny, when I had invited you to come here, it was a couple months ago, and that was prior to my aunt passing away. And there'll be a memorial service on Saturday. And it was an interesting situation because I thought, do I cancel? Do I stay? And I just kind of rolled the flow of it. And I thought it would be amazing for you to be here. And it's been more than amazing because we've had this incredible time where you've given me space to mourn. But at the same time, we've had lots of joyful moments. And I think one of the things I'd like to start with is when I'm talking about productivity, I frequently am talking about mindset and where you're coming from. And if you approach your tasks like, oh, this is so onerous, this is so miserable, this is so dreadful, you're going to have a different result than if you approach them from joy. So I just thought, you know, you'd come and we'd cook and we'd have some fun and it would help me 
get through the grief in a much more gracious and wonderful way. So I'd love for you to speak to that, mostly how Joyful Living has evolved as you've been traveling around the country and maybe a little bit about where you've been and what you've done. Right. Thanks for asking. You know, when it comes to whether it be productivity or grieving or, or just things in our lives that we have to tend to, it's so easy for us to slip into this place where we have to do all these things and we're all up in our head and, and it builds up to stress. And a lot of times the stress then becomes a barrier for us to not only achieve the things that we want to achieve, but also it gets in the way of us actually having a fulfilling and happy, joyful experience. And so part of the mindset that I am discovering, as well as I'm inviting people to join me and to share in, is to create space in our lives for that moment of connection connection with ourselves, connection with nature, connection with others, connection with our past. And in through this particular connection, then we're allowing ourselves to get this momentum, this flow that allows us to not only push through some of these challenging times, but actually helps enable us to be more effective, more productive, more empathetic, because now we're more grounded and rooted within ourselves. And part of that is gaining clarity on what joy even looks like. Right. So many of us think that joy is when we are able to take this incredible vacation or when we buy that big expensive gift or we do something special. But the truth is that joy exists everywhere around us in the simplest forms. And if we can take a moment to reflect on and to notice and appreciate, you know, be grateful, then we expand the whole world of how joy shows up. And then we have more access to it, which then allows us to then step into a state in which we are more connected, more productive, more caring. Right. Yesterday, it was so fun to sit outside with you at Mango's and eat lunch. And we were having such an animated conversation. And it was really an amazing moment because there we were in this beautiful spot with this beautiful day with the beach out there and people on the beach. And connected in every way you can be connected from the standpoint of being connected with the person I was with and having this wonderful conversation connected to the food and the gratitude for the delicious food we were eating. And then obviously the gratitude, I could use gratitude a lot. I know you use joy and in many ways they're very connected joy and gratitude. So it's been really an amazing thing. One of the things I think about with you and productivity and traveling is twofold. One is how do you stay productive while you're traveling? And I've seen a little bit of your routine. So that'll be fun for you to share with everybody. And then the second piece is what is it like to be away from home? How do you redefine home? So we'll start with the productivity and then go into the really fun meat of being away from home. Yeah. You know, productivity is an interesting word. I think it productivity means various different things to different people. For some productivity may mean hitting a certain number, being able to do it in a certain number of resources that generate a certain outcome or results. Productivity may be more qualitative for others as well. And so for me, I think the in order for me to stay my definition of productive is actually um, achieving the set intention or outcome that that I want, but not necessarily being attached to the how it has to happen. Right. Because part of this journey is there's a lot of uncertainty. But at the same time, with that uncertainty, you've got to build in a lot of flexibility as well. And so the way in which I stay productive is really, first of all, taking care of myself making sure that I'm well rested, that I'm in a place in which, again, I'm in a state where I can create. Because ultimately, this process is about 
creation. And I remember reading in a book that said that the enemy of creativity is stress. Yes. And so often when we get stressed and we're trying to do and create and produce, we're essentially banging our heads against the wall. And if we can take ourselves out of that space of stress and give ourselves that space to get grounded, to get inspired, to connect, then what I found is that I am exponentially more effective and productive because it just flows through me. And I'm able to accomplish so much more in a shorter period of time than trying to force myself during periods of time when it's just not flowing. And to give myself permission to do that and not feel guilty that, oh, I need to be productive this morning. You know, perhaps this morning, I need to go out to the beach, sit, catch some breath, and then be able to go back and then take care of work or whatever those tasks are. I love that you mentioned that because that's what yesterday became. I was very stressed out in the morning. There were a lot of things happening that were just difficult to negotiate with getting ready for the memorial. And then I just said, you know what? Forget it. We're taking the day off. We're not going to record the podcast today. We can record it tomorrow, the video tomorrow. We don't have to do it in this moment. And so we took that time to be And here we are this morning in this quiet, peaceful place, having gone through a massive storm outside, which was crazy last night. We were just laughing as we were bringing things in because the wind came up and the wind is still out there. And But it doesn't matter. It's this sunny, gorgeous day. And, And now we're in this space of being very in the present. And I think that's so much of what being productive is about is first recognizing that you have to be and then you can do. A lot of people, I think, muscle through doing, including I used to myself, and sometimes still do, when it's more important to first start by being. So I do gratitude walks. You meditate in the morning. We each have our own way of grounding and getting to our center, to our core. Absolutely. And the other part, Catherine, it's this very subtle nuance is, am I creating from a place of scarcity or am I creating a place of presence and abundance? And a lot of times when we feel the pressure to create, especially as it relates to time, oh, I'm running out of time. I don't have resources. I got to do all these things. Then know that we may be infusing our work with this negativity, with this scarcity minded as well too, versus being able to create that spaciousness and that feeling of joy and abundance into our work. Unquestionably. So you've had a few opportunities to take some left turns, including this trip to Fenton Island. And it's here, it's sort of very slow pace and it's more relaxed. And, you know, maybe we'll play mini golf later. Maybe we'll go over to Crab Cake Factory and have a beignet. We haven't really even planned this day at all, right? So as you were going through your travels, you get a phone call saying, let's go to Miami. And I'd love you to tell that story because it's so fun. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. When I initially started this trip, I was very attached to, I need to do this. And here's this schedule and all these, I would say, type A left brain organizational things. And I think some element of structure is important. But what I've discovered along this way is that some of the richest experiences, I call miracles, the magic that happens is when I've just embraced the adventure, the uncertainty, and taking those detours. And recently, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was about a couple of weeks ago. And my plan was to go to Washington, D.C. for about a week and a half and connect with some friends, meet with some other people, do some kindness experiences. And just things weren't lining up. Schedules just didn't match up. Place I was going to stay didn't line up. And I just felt this 
sort of resistance and a lot of efforting. And it was like this knot in my stomach. And I've known this feeling before because anytime in the past where I push, try to push through it, it's resulted in stressful, frustrating experiences. And so I was just on a call with a friend of mine who I literally had just met, I think, 60 days ago. And she and her partner are in Miami. And she says, Hey, why don't you come down to Miami and hang out with us? And I thought, you know, maybe, but that's like a 10 hour drive. And then I sat with myself for a moment. I thought, you know what? That feels joyful. That feels more ease. And so I just made a decision to take a detour and drive 14 hours to Miami, which I tend to take a lot of breaks. So I eventually get there. And the minute I got there, I just felt so welcome. I felt like exactly where I was supposed to be. And that night as we had dinner together, my friends asked me, Hey, what do you want to experience here in Miami? And I said, well, I would love to experience some Cuban food and culture and music. I mean, since we're here right here in Miami, and they're like, great, let's go have some Cuban breakfast tomorrow. And then we'll go out to a club and listen to some music. And I thought, that's great. And little did I know that 48 hours later, we're sitting in my friend's office having a conversation about marketing and video. And this idea just came down. And my friend said, hey, would you be interested in going to Cuba this weekend? And that's literally 48 hours you know, later. I thought, well, why not? And so we ended up going to Cuba for four days and three incredible nights and really immersing in the full experience and the culture and the people. And wow, I could not have even imagined that opportunity. But it was really a lesson in just following the detours and following the joy and you know, tying this back to productivity. This experience is something that, again, couldn't have imagined, but it contributed so much to my body of work, as well as my friends and others too. And it was just something I'm just so incredibly grateful for just following that intuition. You talk about miracles and magic and detours and synchronicities. And one of the things that really struck me yesterday as we were sitting on the beach, getting out Joyful Joe, which I said, where's Joyful Joe? And, you know, out Joyful Joe came. And it was so fun because we got to play. And I think as grown-ups, we forget that you need to play. And one of the things I had to really learn was my definition of play isn't a three-year-old's definition of play. And once I got over that and recognized that play can be something totally different, it can be going to a museum, it can be hanging out with Joe Phil Joe and taking these fun photos of him on the beach, immersed in the sand and hanging out with this. And I deliberately brought this out the cup that says the beach is my happy place. I know that you have an Instagram account with Joy Joe. So I'd love for you to tell everybody how they can follow him because the pictures and the captions are hilarious. And it's super fun way to follow your travels on this trip. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Play is so important. And I think that play is in, like you said, it's different for what we experience as adults versus a you know, a child or when we were a child. But I believe that play is something that it's a suspension of responsibilities. It's a suspension of judgment. It's a suspension of not being enough and all these things. And just to be fully present, to be connected with what's fun and others and just to be. And I think that that's the essence of play. And so one of the ways that I love to play is with my partner here. This is Joyful Joe. And Joyful Joe basically represents just, you know, just the average person, the average Joe, you know, any one of us that's out there that's discovering, looking at the world with such curiosity 
and intrigue. And part of the experience in which Joyful Joe and I share is we notice all these moments in which he can be present and he can show the levity, the fun in every scenario and all the joy. And so I created an Instagram account for him. It's joe.joyful because someone else took Joyful Joe, but his name is still Joyful Joe. And you can always find him with the hashtag Joyful Joe. And if you're on Instagram, I want to invite you to check out some of his posts because it's just, again, a moment of play, a moment of suspending responsibilities and just, you know, whatever scenario he's always got a smile on his face and he brings smiles to others. And I think that that's a key element to this joyful living experience and project is embracing those joyful moments. And they come in three different forms that I've discovered so far, or at least three different ways. One is through deep connection, through conversations with people to learn about their lives and how they discovered their own path to joy based on all the challenges that they may have faced. The second part is really about kindness and generosity and helping others and inspiring community in that way. And the third component is adventure to be able to explore and discover new places and experiences and beauty around us. And so having those key elements drive this experience that I'm excited to discover and share along the way. I love that you brought up adventure because when I saw the Joyful Joe photographs on Instagram, there are several in which Joyful Joe is having some of his own adventures and he's in a couple of really kind of hairy predicaments, so to speak. And y'all will have to go and look at it on the Instagram. But let's just say that he's small and cats are big (laughs) compared to him. He's just a tough little cookie and he has a smile on his face and he's going to keep going no matter what. And it's just fantastic. I just love it. So I did mention briefly about home. Yes. There's something that I found so fascinating. Last night, I was saying I injured my arm, my shoulder. And I said, oh, I really wish I you know, thought to have a melt roller shipped to you so that I could be rolling on a foam roller and, and get this out. And with that, you said, well, I have one in my car. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you know, you're really a traveling caravan. And yet it's all very neatly packed and tidy. And that's why I was so shocked there was a foam roller in there. So I think I always tell my daughter, home is where I am when I'm with you and your dad slash my husband, Bob. And it doesn't matter where we are, as long as we're together, that's home. And that's my definition of home. And yes, don't get me wrong. I love this physical place home, but this home is about the memories we share and the memories we make. And, you know, as we talked last night, I rent this place out and I love hearing the stories of how people are making their memories here at this home. And so it's not just my home. And so as you're traveling and you're on the road, you know, it's not really your car that's your home. I'd love for you to talk about your definition of home as it relates to the Joyful Living Project. Home is something that has evolved even in within the last 11 months or so that I've actually, no, it's not been 11 months. It's been nine months that I've been on the road here. You know, for me growing up, a home was in Houston with my family. And then after I graduated from college, I moved a lot. And I finally found home in Portland, Oregon for the last 15 years. And in the first 60 days of packing my car and hitting the road were really hard. And I think they were hard because I had to essentially really shift my definition of what home meant because home meant coming home, laying on my couch and vegging and watching some Netflix and hanging out with friends and having some sort of regular routine. And now having given up my place in Portland and essentially living 
in my car, not sleeping in my car yet. Yes. Car camping. I'm up for that adventure. Not very often, but I'm up for it. Is that the idea that, like you said, home is where you are, not necessarily a specific place. And that not depending on home being a place of grounding, but my purpose, my relationships being a source of anchoring and grounding rather than a physical place, that allowed me to be able to be more nomadic in some way. And everything that I need now is essentially in my car. In fact, I've got too much stuff. You know, it's about simplifying, decluttering and figuring out what's most important. And so the idea of home is really about being present for me now. You know, right now, home is in this beautiful beach house right on the water, you know, in Delaware. And home in between this is in my car while I'm driving to the next place. And so home is in every moment per se. And home is a place of feeling safe. It's a place of feeling grounded per se. And so it's something that's evolved for me along the way. And uh, I think last count, I've slept in maybe 41 different beds now since last September. It sounds really bad. But at the same time, the other aspect of home is sharing meal together with people. And over the course of this journey, I think I've cooked at least 12 to 14 dinners for the people that I have friends and the people, families that I've stayed with, because that's a source of joy for me. I call it kitchen surfing instead of couch surfing. And it brings me to that place of home as well, is that element of sharing a meal and creating and playing together. And, and in many ways, I think this journey is like test driving lots of different homes in lots of different places to really figure out what's the most aligned for me. I think that sharing a meal is something that gets lost in the everyday hustle and bustle. And we really had so much fun. I was mostly just cleaning in the kitchen while you were cooking, although you did remind me that I did make the salmon. But what was so fun was seeing the joy it brought my parents. They don't normally eat much spicy food. And my father with the pineapple fried rice, he was <laughs> taking it out the door. You know, it was so great. I thought, wow, you know, this is a whole new thing. And here we were sharing stories and enjoying them and they were enjoying you. And it was just a really different way to see things, a different perspective. I mean, I love to cook. I love to be in the kitchen. I think there was a minister at my church many years ago and I always made soup. So if someone was ill or someone was whatever, I would make soup or a stew and bring it in a container and leave it off. So his wife had um, fallen off a horse and gotten badly injured. And it was a long recovery period. And a lot of people were giving meals and that was really hard for me to do. But what wasn't hard for me to do was to make a stew or a soup on Sundays. So I always did. There was always something in the crock pot and then make a container for him. And what I would do is I would leave it in the church refrigerator one day a week, whatever, I guess it was Monday. And I would just leave a little note. And, and I said, it's really for however you want to use it. And sometimes it was that he dropped off the soup with his wife and the nurse. And sometimes it was that he had a parishioner in and they needed to have a bite. And it really became whatever worked for him. But what he said was that he loved the soup because the soup was how I gave. It was giving of love. It was clear that love was infused in the soup. And it was a gift. It was a gift that I could give that wasn't hard for me to do, right? It was something that I could do in a present way, in a joyful way. And 
that's infused in it. You're right. There's anything we make. And actually, we talked about this yesterday about me making this house a home. And what exactly did I say? I don't remember. But something about how I made this. And it was both from the design, the physical, actual designing how to build this house. I made this vision, this dream I had, a reality. And here you are on this amazing journey where you're making this dream you had a reality. And I've watched your evolution over, I think we've known each other six years. What I see is you're really the 100% essence of who you, Yasmin, are as a person. And it's a delight. Thank you. Yeah, it's been such a gift to share the times that we have over the years, but also just to be here and to witness everything that's going on, all the ups and downs and be a part of the real experience. You know, so often these days, it's so easy to look on Instagram or Facebook and see that someone's doing so well and all these other things, but it's really about an authentic experience. And it's been such a joy to fully experience and share that. And I remembered one more thing about home, if I could share that, is that, you know, home is wherever we are, but also the other practice or exercise or thing that I've learned about home, especially on this journey, is learning to let go of that attachment as well. Because one of the hardest times on this journey is leaving a place and going to the next place. I go through a moment of like sadness in my car, you know, a happiness that we've shared an incredible experience and connection and adventure and all these things. And then I feel sad to have to let it go and go on to the next place. And it's like almost a reset almost every single week or so. Right. But at the same time, I arrive at the next place with open eyes and open mind with possibilities and adventure. And I, I reflect on and I write and I appreciate those experiences. But you know, not often are we presented with we having to constantly let go and to practice that letting go with appreciation. Right. And I think that really came out of my cancer journey. So we've each gotten there on a different way. So I had to learn how to just let it go. Some things didn't get done. Some things got done by other people. Mm -hmm. Step out of my own OCD mind and allow other people to give. And then it was really my job was to heal. And my job was to feel deep gratitude and to learn how to receive. Mm-hmm. And it really is life-changing. Yeah. That's such a powerful word that you just shared, the word receive. So often, we're so good at giving, but it's so hard for us to receive. And the practice of receiving is so important because certainly it completes the cycle of giving and receiving. And we honor someone's gift by fully receiving it, per se. And this journey has been a practice of receiving for me. I mean, I can't believe all the kindness and the generosity and just spend time with you this past few days in a beautiful place. And just to share, it really forces me to step into a place where that challenges all those doubts of, wow, am I worthy? And all these other things to fully receive. And when we can receive, that enables us to get the help we need to achieve things, to be productive. Because so often we're, I got to do this myself. I've got to prove myself. I got to, but at the same time, we're also taking a a path that may not necessarily be as effective or productive because we may not be as willing to receive per se. Right. I feel like that's such a perfect, joyful way to sort of wrap up. So could you please tell everybody how they can find you? Yeah. So there's a number of different ways, but if 
people are on Facebook or Instagram, you can follow my name, Yasmin Wynn or Joyful Living Project. That's where I update the most. Also, I've got a website called joyfullivingproject.com in which I have updates as well where I'll be. But that's really the best way for people to stay connected. And I'll make sure to spell your name in the show notes. (laughs) Because that is a doozy, but it has been an absolute delight. I loved having you here. We have another whole nother day together, hang out and have fun and create joyful experience and tell stories. My husband has arrived, so that's going to be amazing too, to spend some time with him. We might sneak in some mini golf. And I want to thank everyone for being here. Uh, This was a little bit more about mindset than it was about productivity, but I think it's important to recognize that when you work coming from a joyful place makes your work so much more amazing. And I think that's the primary message that Yasmin has shared with us today is that everything is about how you be before how you do. So I want to thank everyone so much. Have a great day, everybody, to your success. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.